The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. <clears throat> all righty then, the turkey has been eaten, all the sides have been made, leftovers are in the fridge or in our stomachs, all the Black Friday deals have passed, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is, the fun has not ended as uh, I am here with the premier Joey K and the hot one Jay Minacho. Uh, we're all recovering from that well, that what that event that we like to call Thanksgiving. And uh, gentlemen, let's get right into it, Got Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is shooting shit. I just like it. I just gotta have a reason to play the beep every once in a while. So, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I start piling on the investment money. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We survived Thanksgiving Thursday. We survived Black Friday. My Bears actually won a game, and these other two guys, their teams lost. So uh, ugly. I don't know what's going on. You know, is it going to be a case of dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria? <laughs> yeah, I think um, you tell someone they're going to get fired, so they go out there and make sure that they – at least go out on a win, and then they're like, oh, wait, we're just joking. We're not going to fire you, Matt Nagy. And all the Bears fans cried inside. Pretty yeah, much. It's, 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 it's an insane – it's insane, you know. I mean, that's how bad things are in Chicago, you know. I mean – Dude, I heard his day. kid – his kid plays basketball or something. They were his chanting kid, fire Nagy it, at No, his game. kid plays football, <laughs> and I guess they were at an away game, and I guess the students at – like there was this chance that started at the opposing team school where this game was, and, yeah, there were fire uh, Nagy chants at this game, which, you know, we always talk about, you know, we I've been very outspoken about how I feel about this Bears team and stuff, but – um. A little quick sidebar. No, no, no place for, no place for that in, in um, as something like that at a kid, you know, a kid's, uh, you know, football game or something like that. That's to me, it's just totally disrespectful. So, yeah, totally agree. Have a little class, Chicago. Stay classy. Yeah, that's a little. That's a little shitty. Don't. I mean, you can have your feelings about him all you want, but don't don't bring his kids into it and his family. That's that's bullshit. I mean, what's the kid going to do? He's going to get on the bus and call his dad, look, dad, we lost because, you know, they were chanting fire Nagy the whole fucking game. <clears throat> I think he was actually at the game, though, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, if he was at the game, it's all well, a fair game. Okay, yeah, that, still, that, change, that changes the scope. Little, yeah, no, it, it is. If it's, he's it's there, the top. he's going to hear it, but it is still a little foul. It's not as foul like if he wasn't there, but mm. I get it now. Yeah, so... All right, so as many of you know, uh, last week we did a special Thanksgiving episode talking about the things we were thankful for in the world of pro wrestling as well as in real life. And uh, that kind of uh, altered the plans of what we had originally decided we're going to do for this uh, for last week's episode. 
But uh, we're going to lead off uh, tonight's uh, or today's show with the topic that we were going to discuss last week. And that's stemming off the heels of uh, roughly now we're coming on uh, when the show drops. Uh, it'll be almost two weeks since uh, the latest round of releases were announced for uh, WWE. And it's just, you know, I mean, when is it going to end? I mean, we had a, uh, it was believe as eight people were let go. We had the three remaining members of Hit Row. Um, as many of you know, the first, the most previous re- uh, round of releases prior to this one, uh, BFAB was let go, but they decided to do away with the rest of the gang. Um, as Ashanti, the Adonis, Top Dollar, and Isaiah Swerve Scott were all released. And then also in the following being released were Shane Thorne, a.k.a. Slapdick. I mean, Slapped uh, Jack, uh, Jackson Riker. Tegan Knox, who got drafted to Raw, never saw the light of day. Uh, Drake Maverick for the second time getting uh, released. And then uh, John Morrison. So, gentlemen, just to talk about it here. First off, which one of these releases shocked you the most? Uh, Joey K? I mean, what's shocking at this point? I, I It's the same bullshit excuse again for its budget cuts. Um, it, it's... It's the same level of talent like guys that we see and women that we see that are super talented in the ring have a lot going for them. Uh, in like in the case of Hit Row, if I have to pick one for a surprise, it's probably Hit Row. But uh, at the same time, it's like, what what the hell were they going to do with them anyway? Hit Row got themselves over in NXT. They got they, they got super over with with the crowd there, and then on the main roster they had the opportunity, but we all know what WWE is going to do. It's bullshit. You know, I, I I'm just so tired of hearing the budget cuts. I'm so tired of seeing this talent. And, and even so the talent themselves, they're like, yeah. Okay. You're not getting the days of people that are upset or like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And blah, blah, blah. They're pretty much like, yep, we're moving on. And there's opportunity out there and good for them because they can all go somewhere. I, I mean, Morrison, I mean, what the hell Johnny Mundo is, is like top tier talent. And they brought him back to be the Miz's sidekick again. Like <clears throat> that shit's that's old. And see the thing that really <coughs> irked me about the release of John Morrison is right before the Miz went on dancing with the stars, he mm-hmm. turned on Morrison. So we never, we never even got to see the payoff for that. Exactly. Exactly. There's no payoff to that. There's no payoff to the hit row, like a hit row coming up to the main mm-hmm. roster. You know they were getting ready to jump into a, a huge angle. They were and their main event, their main eventers. Like let's just be clear, out of anybody that currently came up from NXT, I, like they had it. They were ready. Um and dude, what a, what a fucking waste! It's ridiculous, man. I I I hate it. I I'm just so tired of budget cuts and these roster cuts. It's crazy. Hot one. What about you? Which one of the releases surprised you the most? That's a. Uh... I think for me, prior to finding out what we found out in the week of why some of these releases happened, was Hit Row. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like Joey K said, man, these guys had something. They had that lightning in a bottle. They connected well with people. Um, people bought that gimmick in NXT. Heck, what's it? Top Dollar had that show on A&E. Yeah. So... When he was going around like with uh, the superstars, like with all the, the the memorabilia and stuff, which that was a fun show. I might, and that's actually something my wife, who does not like wrestling, got into. 
Yeah, and you make us buy into him as a person. Then you see him in a faction. You buy into this faction, and you cut one person. Then you cut the whole group because apparently rumblings are they didn't like the fact that they cut the one person out of the group, B-Fab. And they went to, you know, Vince about it. They went to the higher-ups and were like, hey, we wanted to be a four-man group. We don't want to be the stereotypical three-person group. And they went above it and did it themselves. They changed their own music to take out B-Fab's verse. Mm -hmm. Apparently, that was the straw that broke the camel's back, and that's what led to the release. And they said that they were being uncooperative. It's just, it, 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 it stinks. And I mean, like I said, we got, went over all the names, you know, and I, I one thing I wanted to talk, you know, meant, uh, kind of go off of uh, what Joey K said about how gone are the days or the, the talent being upset. That's because I think a lot of them, I think a lot of these people are probably like, I can almost guarantee you Morrison, probably more so than anybody. I think John Morrison, or I should say Johnny Mundo or Johnny Impact or Johnny whatever. Johnny Elite. And, and Drake Maverick are probably out of all of these releases are probably the most relieved because if you've ever seen uh Drake Maverick in Impact as Rockstar Spud dude is like uber talented. He needs to go back to Impact right now with EC3. Yes. 100%. Like but, I, and, and you know and I and I would be interested to see where he goes with this whole EC3 free the narrative thing. I mean, we saw what happened with you know the Titan Adam Shear, and then you know everybody else. You know, which again, if you guys haven't had a chance to watch the free the narrative shows, go on YouTube and check them out. They're really really good. But yeah, and then also John John Morrison because now that he's gone, you know, obviously Ty uh, of Valkyrie will be a free agent before John Morrison, but. You pair those two up. I mean, they did. They they were awesome together in Lucha Underground, and then they also, you know, as Impact in Impact as well too. So, but Do you to see me, any... I think the one that shocked me the most because we never really got to see her really do anything on the main roster, and as many times as she's battled back from injury and everything, I was really disheartened and shocked to see Tegan Knox get let go because I just felt like. She was, she was, a when she went healthy, she could go in NXT. But and if Tegan he, Knox is Chelsea Green 2.0 with these whole issues. Chelsea Green had all of the injury issues, debuted, injured. Tegan Knox couldn't stay healthy. I mean, I, I see the same thing, and I really, really, really want her to go to somewhere that'll put her into good use because, like you said, she can go. And you know what? I, I don't care what anybody out there you believe everybody believes different things or whatever. That is a fucking sign from above or from the universe or whatever. Like Chelsea Green, I felt the same exact way. Tegan Knox was it two ACLs, yep. two ACLs. I believe like, so. Yeah, she like tore almost ACL. back to back. No, I think it was actually three because she tore ACL, <clears throat> came back. No, I think you're right because it was she tore ACL. Um. During she came the, back for like two months, and then and then tore her ACL again. Yeah, and then she came back, and then tore uh, in NXT tore her ACL, and then you know, and then yeah, then it's just yeah, it's 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 a shame and stuff. So I think that one really got me the most was uh, Tegan Knox. But I mean, for the most part, I mean, a lot of these, I, I you know, are just again, most of these men and women, I think, are going to find you know employment elsewhere. Like we talked about, you know, you know. Johnny, you know, impact probably going back to impact, uh, you know, Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud, whatever you want to call him, probably going back to impact. 
Um, Let me ask maybe, you gentlemen this. What's that? Number one, just shout out to Rockstar Spud and Drake Maverick, because no matter what, his WWE run was a success. Yep. Not even because anything that happened there, but because of the wife he married. Thank you, sir. You actually won the game while you were there. <laughs> and uh, that video that he put out, was did you guys watch that video that he put out right after he got released? Beautiful. Yes. It was fucking beautiful. You know why? Because it played off the last video, which yep. was very emotional, very real. I loved it. And you know, good on him. Like he got back with the company, got that paycheck going, which was awesome. This one though, thank you, because that is just like the creative side. I mean, this that guy's got it. And an yep. absolute fucking smoke show of a wife. Not gonna oh. lie. Oh yeah. Holy shit renee michelle <laughs> absolute fucking dime so props to you bro props to so, you yeah. so so yeah. put it there two people i want to know you guys' thoughts on where they go one being johnny whatever last name here and tegan knox where do y'all think they go respectively honestly i i i i i, ooh. I think tegan knox for me i think i think impact would be perfect for her um, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny Nitro, whatever you Morrison, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's if, if, if ring of honor were still around or still a factor, I would say he, I think he would be, I think he should go there. But I mean, to me, I want to say the obvious answer is going back to impact, but I honestly, I think for him, I see, I, I think he should go to AEW. That's not bad. Um, I could see that. I, I definitely could. I think honestly, Tegan goes probably to NWA. I think oh, she's, I like that too. she's I a like good that a, a good fit for the women's division that they have there. Uh, I actually would I, I would put her Ring of Honor if Ring of Honor was still going to go, mm-hmm. um, especially with their women's division that they have um, like currently or for the remainder of the year. Um, I think that would have been the best fit, but I think NWA is a really, really great fit as well too. And then, um, you know, I think we're going to see Johnny and, and, and Taya in, uh, in impact again. I think that's the home. Um, he was really putting on some great work before he left impact for his contract was up there. Um, and I think just let them come in, let them run. I, I hate to say this, but I think impact could use, that just main event boost, you know, yeah. um, and and he's just gonna give you that that bump, just just that bump that gets gets them over a little bit more, you know. We we've went we went a long time with having your Impact Champion not even in Impact contracted wrestler, right. so let let's bring Johnny Impact back, you know, put him as the you know face of the company. You got a great great you know surprise entrance you know for uh for moose in an instant title feud i love it so i i think it's a great home i like that what about you jovan you posed the question what about you how would you answer that joey k stole a little bit of my shine because i was gonna <laughs> go tegan knox of the nwa we do we think so much alike dude we were there oh but this is where the swerve comes in because I think Tegan Knox in WA, that's it writes itself. It's gonna that would be poetry in motion. Johnny Mundo is exactly who needs to return. I see John Morrison, FKA, Johnny Mundo, and Taya Valkyrie making the return to AAA. Oh, I like that. 
I see that having a little bit of a partnership with MLW's Azteca Underground. I think Azteca Underground goes hard for both of them. I like that too. That's really good. I like that a lot. I like that. You know, I was thinking, I was thinking he could drop in. I I think for me, the obvious choice was Impact, but I was thinking, you know, Azteca Underground. I'm like, first show, boom, out of the gate. Yep. Who, Who comes walking out to introduce himself to the world? Fucking Johnny Mundo, dude, that would be dope as hell. But I also I like Triple A. Go back down to Triple A, and then you also have the Triple A partnership with AEW as well too. So yeah. that that's a great segue there too. Triple A's right. playing ball with people. We'll see what yeah, happens. Gotta love that forbidden portal. All <laughs> right, so uh, moving on uh, to the next topic here. So we saw if if you if you. Uh, had a chance to watch uh, AEW Dynamite. You probably saw, arguably, what is was the could have been, or some people are saying, is the greatest uh, in ring promo segment, square off battle, whatever you want to call it, between two talents. It went something like twenty minutes, but it was twenty minutes, like this the pure heaven and stuff. And that is the uh, verbal exchange between one Maxwell Jacob Friedman and uh, CM Punk. And just again, the shots that they took at each other, the digs, the the lengths they went, and everything. It's just so many times I'm sitting there watching this at home, going, "Oh, or wow, or holy you shit," you know, and I just can't believe it. Now I think we're all in agreement that this was probably the best promo battle of maybe the modern era, maybe of all time. But uh, I'm going to ask you. Throwing this one out of the equation or prior to this one, what would you say was your best like promo battle exchange or however you want to word it between two talents, either be it a backstage promo or an in-ring promo? A hot one, lead us off. I've got two that I've tossed around in my mind mm-hmm. since uh, we thought of this question. For the newer aged audience, I'm going to go with Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. When Kingston's Ooh. calling Moxley out about being a sports entertainer, how mm-hmm. he turned his back on him, and how Moxley basically is telling him, look, I I told your mother that I'll take care of you. And yep. that, that whole heated thing going into full gear last year. Yep. That's definitely top on mine. But going a little bit into the history banks and – Hey, hold on. Hey, you're muted. Yeah, we lost you, brother. Okay. Am I good? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, good. So the promo battle for me, that's just next tier, happened in the year 2000. The debut of the Millennium Man on Monday Night Raw. We had The Rock and Chris Jericho. nobody stands toe-to-toe with the rock like jericho did because the rock could have buried anybody else when he came with who in the blue hell are you but jericho hit back with monday night is jericho Mm -hmm. rock and jericho for me is greatness yeah joey k what about you I got, I got it. I got it. They're, uh, they're really, really great picks. And, um, but I, you know, 
I I have I have two as well. Number one, um, as far and, and let me be clear, CM Punk MJF is pretty much at the top of the list at this point. I mean that. Yep. I don't know what the payoff is going to be of their match. I think it will. I think it'll go really well. I like. I've said this plenty of times. I like where Punk's building to, and I have an idea about it. And um, I hope that plays out because I'm excited for it. But um, payoff or not, doesn't matter. I mean, those guys just tore each other apart. And the platform that they have for what they could say and do was that that is that was the best part, you know, where they could throw the jabs, you know, you know, um, the 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 only way you'll get to number one is if we wait long enough for Tony Khan to have a daughter that you can marry. Holy shit. I was like, well, that, that just ended the night. I, I like, it was amazing. Or him calling MJF a second rate Miz. Yeah. Uh, That was great. That was great. Um, when MJF came out and said, you should be out here just preaching hustle, loyalty, and respect. Whoo! It got hot, and I I was or, all for it. Or when or when he when he basically said for someone who's just so straight edge, you certainly look like a meth addict or something like that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, they they went they went deep, and I loved it. They played the parts really really great. Um, I, and I have no doubt my in your UFC career. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they just they went hard. I I love it. They you know, Punk let MJF do what MJF does best, and MJF knew. You know, you're coming at the king. You better not miss because Punk might not have been around for seven years. But if you follow him on Twitter, you you listen to him anywhere else in public in the past seven years. He he ain't missing a beat. You might think he's a little rusty in the ring or not, but not on the microphone. And uh, I I love that. I was all for it. So that's that's at that's towards the top of my list now. However, going back, um, the Sunny Days promo, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Because that was that crossed that line, and that was a real rivalry. That was real heat. That was two guys who were friends, and then were no longer friends, and then became enemies, and then became part of the biggest controversy in you know one of the biggest controversies in professional wrestling history. So, for me, that always sticks up there because even Brett has said, "I didn't want him to say it. Didn't want him to say it. He said it." And I didn't they get into a fist fight in the back about that too afterwards? Right around that time, yeah. We should do a whole <clears throat> episode dedicated to who has actually had those sunny days. I I mean, like, dude, I think we can make that a two parter, dude. That's a yeah. that's a fucking marathon, brother. I'm not gonna lie. Um, that's a long episode, but yeah. So that that's that's one of them there. Um. And then if I have to think, I, I'm really I'm really torn between two of my all-time favorites. And this isn't very specific. I'm not going to talk like one-on-one in the ring or rivalry. Um, hard times, Dusty Rhodes. I mean, if that's not one of the greatest promos of all time in the history of this business, I don't know what is. Um, because that that's something that is quoted you know, by every professional wrestling fan in the world, which is, you know, it, it's just so classic, so well-known. Um, and amazing another, and I know this is quite a few times that it was brought up, but, uh, you know, Ric Flair, I spelt, I spilled more, I spent more money on spilt liquor around the world than you make in a year. And like, you know, Flair lived that persona. He lived that, 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 that lifestyle. And oh my God, could the man talk? 
just one uh, mm-hmm. to me to me one of the absolute all-time greatest on the mic in the ring i love everything about rick um but that you know listen to him talk and i can just picture it in my head whether it's with tony shivani or um gordon soley or who whoever it was standing there doing those like you know studio recorded shows when he's there in a suit and he starts stripping down the ladies in the crowd going nuts i mean come on that, that that's just right. money Dropping i gotta put those up on there. the jacket <clears throat> oh yeah the woo off with jay lethal yes that's <laughs> a great one <laughs> You know, that's crazy-ass flair. How about when he stripped down in WCW in the ring to his boxers? and he's, Yeah, he's dropping the elbow on his clothes. He's taking taking $100 bills out of his wallet and throwing them out in the crowd like he doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yelling, fire me, fire me. That, that yeah. was some real shit, too, because him he had a lot Dude, of Bischoff heat. Bischoff had legit heat at the time. He had a lot of heat with Bischoff, and, and they, they fucking – and they both they both were very clear about it. They, you know, they both admit to it. Yeah. See, that's greatness, so, though. We're talking about promos, and the ones that really last out are the ones that had a lot of realness into it. Like, there was real shit going on between these promos. Oh, that's it. I love the, the, the pick that you had, the Kingston Moxley one, was fucking money because every, and I, I, again, you guys know I love Eddie Kingston. I'm a huge fan. And I asked him about his promos. That shit got reported on other websites about the question I asked about his promos and where he comes up with it and stuff like that. And, um, I love it. Like I'm all about that. He brings that realism all the time. And you can't. The, the, how about the promo he had with Punk? Yeah, and he was he got in his face said nobody wants you here. Yes, you know, I'm you just not scared no- to say it. Yeah. Oh shit. And you re- you felt that. You felt that. And I Dude. that sold me on that whole match. Mm-hmm. It was a one off, and I'm okay with that because yep. that promo sold me on it. I yep. watched that match with my mom. I watched the match and that whole promo with my mom. So we're watching it here. And Kingston's getting into Punk's face. And he goes, I'm going to tell you something everybody doesn't want to tell you. Nobody wants you here. Nobody ever wanted you here. And I'm the only one with balls enough to tell it to your face. My mom looks at me and she goes, they're about to throw down. And I said, oh, no. Yeah, it's about to get nasty. <laughs> so the match comes up and we're watching it. And she goes, oh, this is off that bad promo. I said, yeah, this is off that promo. Literally, the way that match started with how stiff it was, mm-hmm. she looked at me and she goes, they're not wrestling. These two are actually going to fight. And I said, no, no, they're fighting. They are fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so since you guys need two, I'm going to do the same thing. Um, and I'm going to go – my first one, I'm going to go with one that I I you I think you guys are going to be shocked at. But, um, but sometimes in, in in certain things in life, less is more. And the first promo I'm going to spotlight, we're going to go back to uh, 2011. And we're going to, it's basically a night that two wrestlers returned to the ring. Uh, one of which was to be, was kind of advertised. The other one was a little bit of, sh- uh, you know, a surprise. We're going to go to, I want to say it was like probably something like, I think it was like February of 2011. They had these promos building up with like, kind of like who this mystery person was that was going to show up. And I think a lot of people thought it was going to be Sting debuting in the WWE, but it wasn't that it was basically it ended up being the return of the undertaker after being off for a few months. But before he could even really do his whole entrance and everything, 
the familiar guitar rift of uh, one Lemmy, uh, Lemmy from Motorhead hit. Next thing you know, you hear time to play the game. And Triple H, who had been off for quite a while, had come, came to the ring. And all they did, they stared at each other. They looked at the WrestleMania sign. They looked at each other. I think Triple H pointed to Undertaker and then pointed to WrestleMania. And then the Taker did the throat slash thing. The only time I ever saw a promo where not a single word was spoken. But I'll be damned if you didn't get chills watching that. Basically, they looked at that sign. It's like, you want to go? You want to go? WrestleMania? All right. Not one word was said. And I think in this case, uh, less it was way more. Now, and then my other one, we're going to go back a few years. I mean, there's some really good ones. You could talk about The Miz and Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack back in 2016 when Daniel Bryan said The Miz was a safe worker and The Miz came in and went off on Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan walked off the set. I mean, there's so many more. But one that I really want to spotlight because there were a lot of, like, bombs hurled. We're going to go back to arguably one of the greatest pay-per-views WWE ever put on back in 2005, and that is from ECW One Night Stand. I'm going with the uh, Paul Heyman versus the uh, Invaders. You, you know, all the WWE wrestlers that showed up. I mean, you had JBL, you had Edge, you had Christian, you had Eric Bischoff. And, you know, you, and, and basically you had all the different things. You know, you had Heyman basically sit, going off on JBL saying the only reason why you were WWE champion for 10 months is because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesday nights. You know, he goes to Edge and says, I got uh, three words for you, Matt freaking Hardy. You know, he goes off on Bischoff and everything. And it's just, to me, I mean, the best promos are always said. There's always some truth in the in the best promos out there. And I think there was a lot of truth in the promo that Paul Heyman cut. And just for me, I mean, just the bombs that were hurled and everything. It's just, how can you not throw that one in there? So, like I said, my two, uh, the exchange between... The Undertaker and Triple H back in 2011, and then the Paul Heyman promo from ECW One Night Stand. Brother, you said less is more. I got scared that you were going to say Loomis. <laughs> like, this fool never talks. DDJ's just going to pull off where Loomis just stares blankly at somebody. Well, since we're talking about Dexter Loomis, I mean, how did I, I legit popped when he spoke at the wedding? Oh, yeah, no, I lost my shit with the I do. Yeah, yeah, I did too because I was taking a shit. I didn't watch it. Oh Lord! Oh well, fucking stupid weddings. <laughs> All right, so now we've been kind of talking about uh, different eras and everything. This is kind of a good segue into our next topic. Uh, a lot of times we like to play fantasy booking, and you know, if so, Sarah, you know, or so and so would have done case, you know. So, what wrestler from any era? Would you add to whatever show? I want to lead this one off because when Javon brought this one up, I thought right away. I had a couple right in the bag, and then I started thinking about a little bit more. And like I said, I think one of the – well, I'm not going to say the obvious ones because I know you guys might – I don't want to steal. I'd be accused of stealing anyone's thunder here. Um, <laughs> if it doesn't get mentioned, I'll bring it up later. But for me, I think the one I'm going to go with – I would have loved to have seen MJF in the old school 80s NWA. I just think like the that character, like with that, you know, persona and everything, 
Yeah, he we we all know he leads the group uh the the pinnacle, which is basically a spin-off of the horsemen. I think MGF would have been tailor-made as a member of the four horsemen back in the day. And I just think he he's he does so good at he's at drawing the old school heat or doing it the old school way. I think he would have been I think ever as much as he do as much as he's doing now. He would have been one of those guys that would have caused a riot, say in like Charlotte, North Carolina, or Atlanta, Georgia, or any other area where the NWA ran a show. So yeah, for me, I'm going MJF in the old school and the '80s NWA. Uh, uh, Joey, quick, yeah, real quick. Okay, I love that. I love that 110 percent because I've always said that the MJF character is Gino Hernandez if he never got killed. He, we've we've talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. A hundred percent, like they and and it worked. Yeah, Gino was on fire in Texas, yep. and you know, and if anybody hasn't seen it, watch the Dark Side of the Ring. You know, um, I well, I can't remember a specific title episode, but the it's season one, the Gino Hernandez episode. Yeah, and oh my God, he was so over as like the next Ric Flair. Yeah, people um, were legitimately calling the police on him yeah. for blinding a dude in the ring, and it was all kayfabe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good one. Okay, Joey K, what do you got? I'm gonna step. I'm gonna totally step out because I know you guys probably have a few good ideas of what I would say, but I'm gonna throw it out there. Terry Funk, GCW. <laughs> did, did I take so yours? Gone. Did I take yours? I motherfucker, I knew it. I was like, I was like thinking I had a couple. Um, and that, that was like, for me, like, I was just like, man, I want to kind of go outside the box of what I normally I, would I do. love that. Um, oh my Bro. God. Like, can, like, please, like, that's, you know, what? I'm not, I'll, I'll tag team this. Javon, you tell me, you tell me what you're thinking about that pick. Do you have the death match wonder that is Terry Funk? This man who is only, and it depends on who you ask, there's only one person greater than him in Deathmatch, and that's Cactus Jack. But Terry Funk, dude, like, I had never seen anybody wrap barbed wire around their arm. I'd never seen anybody throw themselves into the ropes of barbed wire, just do the stupid shit that he did. And to pair that into GCW with him going against Nick fucking Gage, who will die in that fucking ring... You will have a match between two people who are trying to see who can die first. And I'm all for it. The flip of that pick, by the way, was Onita in GCW. Because, like, be. you don't get to GCW without Onita. And I want that bat, that exploding bat. Someone needs to remake that bat. Yo, that's that's some wild shit. Like, that's some wild shit. Um, but yeah, that was my flip of that pick. But I went Terry Funk because I wanted to go a little more. Um, fucking Texas Tornado. Damn yeah, it. I mean, I love Terry, dude. I I saw Terry at the ECW arena. Um, he's just a, he's a fucking legend. Plus, I was just reading about him. I know his his uh, health is not what it used to be, and no, it's you know, yeah. The Dude. the reports of his memory loss and things like that. It's really heartbreaking because he's a fucking legend that probably deserves way more credit than he'll ever get. You know, from the era of guys like uh Ric Flair, from the era of guys like, you know, you know, Hogan running running the north and, and things like that. And there's Terry Funk just like absolutely, you know, carving his own path 
I'll tell you guys this, you know, like that fucking <laughs> that Terry Funk voice and just you know that fucking the the Those stumble by the stumble and beyond the mat when he's walking. I just I'll never get that image out of my head, you know, knees all jacked up and beat the fuck up because he's just a monster, dude. Yeah, and, and, and I I just it stinks about the health of Terry Funk because I remember about three years ago. When he was supposed to be do he was supposed to do an appearance at the first Starcast, and I remember I actually bought a ticket because I was so excited to meet him because Fun- I've been a- I love Terry Funk and he's one of those guys that like I've always wanted to meet. And then just I was so heartbroken when he had to cancel because of his health and stuff. And it's just a shame he never was able to get himself back to the point where he could start doing these things again because I just would have loved to have been able to go up to him and just thank him for everything. I, I do I do have one quick honorable mention, and this is going to be really like oddball out there. Um, but somebody that, that popped up in recent memory for me, I would a guy who never got his true shine. Also, I would love to fucking see bad news. Brown mm. in anything fucking modern from like Whoa. 1998 ECW through anything today. Cause his a, He's a legit fucking badass. He was a legit badass. I mean, judo team. Uh, he was he in the Olympics or was he in the um? God, what did he compete in? He might he legit judo player though. Yeah, I think legit. it was like the same thing as Ronda Rousey. It wasn't the Olympics, but it was a step below it, like the world Pan- or whatever Pan- the hell. Pan- yeah, Pan Am yeah. games. That's 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 where Bad News Brown was. Ronda was in the Olympics. Was she, she in the Olympics? Yeah, yeah she was in the Olympics. Really? Oh, she took yeah, 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 bronze. You know no, I saw the I saw the tattoo. I remember now. I yeah, um, yeah, but Bad News Brown was a guy who was a legit badass, a legit tough guy, and never got his shine, never got his due, and unfortunately passed away. You know, at a relatively younger age too. Mm-hmm. Um, but god damn, I saw something popped up and just the other day. So he's a guy that I was like, oh shit, this is a guy from when I was a kid. Man, he was just. A fucking terrifying human being like so that, that's just honorable mention there i just want to throw him out if anybody if you don't remember bad news brown fucking google him because he was a bad motherfucker yeah bad news brown i believe he back in the day before he went to the wwf he was known as bad news allen i know he was did yeah. he, he was big at time big time in uh stampede uh wrestling mm-hmm. up in canada and stuff so uh uh, hot one, uh, since I, uh, he, he kind of stole your thunder. Do you got another one you want to discuss or he did? Cause I, when I thought of this question, I immediately went to what I like to see. Everyone knows I'm the death match dude. <laughs> I would have loved to seen a prime Terry Funk. I would have loved to seen a prime cactus Jack Onita, but to take it even there, you know, around that time frame, I want any of the four pillars, Kawada, uh, t- Kobashi, uh, Tauway, anybody really? I don't. I don't care. Kitakobashi, any of the four pillars. I want to see them in AEW to get the matchups with the Eddie Kingston's, the Brian Danielsons, Mox, uh, Mox, Jay Lethal. Now, I mean, I, I think you take any of the four pillars of All Japan, the King's Row royalty, put them in AEW right now. Let them work with the stiff guys. Even Daniel Garcia, you know, shout out to that fucking kid. I, I'm pretty high on that kid right now. Uh, he's yeah. he's money right now. You know, I love that. I love that because right now we are in the resurgence of that strong style. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys out there that are good at it right now, and they're bringing it mainstream U.S., which is really awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, any of the four pillars – 
No. Anybody from that 1989, 90 through 95, all yeah. Japan, New Japan, anybody in that strong style, that I would love that. Flip it over. I want to put Gresham in that time period. Oh, I want so, Jonathan Gresham in the in the key moments of strong style in the Orange Japan Kings Row. I want to see him go against the Four Pillars. I want to see him go against Bob. I want to see him go against all these fucking guys of Japan. Can you imagine the show of seeing Giant Baba versus Jonathan Gresham? It'd be a fucking man. What a what a what a freak show looking match. But two guys, you know, even though they're such contrast in size, are and were respectively supremely talented at yep. what they did. I mean, Giant Baba doesn't get a lot of play in the U.S., but for a man that size, he can go. He's a very very technical. Very like he he knows what the fuck he's doing. You know, we did over under or underrated overrated. I think uh, we we didn't give a lot of love to Baba for being underrated as a big man. I That's agree. Good. 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 So one other one that I wanted to mention because I didn't know if any of you guys had mentioned this would be my honorable mention. Um, there was always talk like you know about CM Punk and everything and just kind of how revolutionary he was. Do you imagine him in the old school ECW? Man. That's a, that's a killer. Like I think even Paul Heyman himself said he once that he wished he had he could have, he could have had CM Punk for his ECW. Well, you know, and and we kind of get some of that now because of the freedom of what they get to say. We were just talking about that in the MJF promo. Can you right. imagine Punk doing vignettes in you know 1997 ECW? Holy shit, mm-hmm. Punk. Punk doing that in old school ECW, then you would get the, you know, him and RVD in his prime, him and Sandman, him and fucking Dreamer, Shane him Douglas, and him and Raven. Douglas, Raven, dude, that's, dude, come on, that's, that's a dream, that's a dream, bring in and, you know, have uh, New Jack there, have Punk and New Jack, con- you know, big time contrast in personalities, yeah, we might be talking about different companies nowadays if that happened, oh yeah, well, I mean, they could always bring in New Jack just to have a, <laughs> Jack, Jack worked with anybody. He didn't care. He just wanted money. He, he, he just wanted. He, yeah. So, so our next topic here, uh, Javon just mentioned him a little while ago. Uh, so, as many of you know, again, going back to this whole thing with the Ring of Honor is that they're going on hiatus after final battle in a couple weeks, and uh, pretty much everybody is our every every uh, the whole roster is going to be free agents here in a few, couple in a few weeks. Uh, we've already seen Jay Lethal. Uh, Go to a show up in AEW. I believe we've seen some work with uh, uh, the OGK and the NWA. In fact, I think at their at the next NWA pay per view, Hard Times Two. I think they're defending the Ring of Honor tag team titles there um, and stuff. And then we also, you know, seeing the Briscoes are. I believe they're the GCW tag champions. Correct? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. they are. They won them. Uh, I think right before the news hit that Ring of Honor yeah. was going to disband. They yeah. were at GCW that night and took the titles. Yeah. yeah. So, so one of the guys that or I think all of us here, as all three of us here, and you know, because we're such huge fans of this guy, and uh, you know, wrestling fans around the world are kind of wondering where, you know, Jonathan Gresham is going to wind up. But um, it looks like he's kind of going a little bit of a different route. Instead of going, possibly going somewhere, he's kind of starting his own little promotion coming up. 
Uh, and I'm going to let Javon kind of take the lead on this one because I know he's kind of the little seems to be the most knowledgeable about this. But uh, Jonathan Gresham's starting up his own promotion called Terminus, and I'm assuming that's because he's a Walking Dead fan. Because as many of you know, Terminus is where, you know, all the roads lead to. And I believe he was using that in some of the promo work and everything, you know, and everything. But it uh, looks like he's starting up his own promotion. So uh, let's share uh, some thoughts on Terminus. And does this mean that Jonathan Gresham is off the table when it comes to, you know, showing up elsewhere? Uh, Hot One, this is your, 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 your kind of our resident expert here on this. Uh, why don't you take the lead on this and, uh, you know, fill the audience in. Well, ladies and gentlemen of the Shooters Club and our Shooters Gallery, if you do go and if you do follow all those roads that are leading to Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, in January for Terminus, I'm going to be there. You see me, you beer me. I need to be there. I need to witness what's going to happen. What's Gresham going to do? I mean, this looks like it's going to be a strong style promotion. And with him creating his own promotion, this is going to be a small indie thing. Is it going to be like a major show? Is it going to be something sustainable? Mm -hmm. We don't know yet. I think that's where we're all with the questions is trying to figure out what is he going to do? And I think this first show is going to tell us a lot. But you look at the people who've already signed or at least are confirmed for Terminus. We have Bandito. You have Janai uh, Kai. You have Moose. Um, shoot, let me see if there's anyone else that I'm missing. I uh, think as of right now, Daniel Garcia. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have these killers, man. These workers who can work that strong style all gathering for what looks like a reboot of a pure company, not just a division. And I know Joey K, that is going to pop you, man, because, you know, I know I know you like that style. I like that I love style. It too. DDJ loves the style. I'm just waiting for them to say that Josh Woods – will be there, maybe Tony Deppin. Give me some other real good Matt Dak Draper. Dax, yes. Somebody, give me some more good names. But just from the fact that Bandito was signed, Moose was signed, I got my tickets. I'll be at Terminus. But I think um, I, I have a feeling, depending on how this first show goes, is going to tell a lot for Gresham. I think if the show is a hit, if they sell out however many tickets they're planning to have, um, tickets are fairly cheap. They do come with the VIP front row and meet and greets for really cheap. I think it was like 50 bucks, which is your normal roundabout tickets for GCW. Um, I think if it does well, he might just put all of his chips into this new promotion. Now, if it doesn't have the showing he wants or if it's not as strong as he'd like, maybe we start seeing Gresham dip his toes into the waters and try to find somewhere to land. But I think um, hopefully these wrestlers come that night, they put on a show to where the shockwaves and the, and the, and the way that this, you know, match and crowd and everything happens that since shockwaves kind of like all in did to start AEW. I hope Gresham gets that for his debut. Yeah. It's, you know, I kind of, this, you know, I'm anxious to see what this is all about. We're all we've all been pretty outspoken about how big fans we are of the work that Jonathan Gresham does, and especially with what he did in carrying that pure division during the uh, pandemic and everything. And he's I know slated to uh, 
believe he's slated is it's still uh him versus bandito for the ring of honor title of final battle uh and i mean what a way for him to go out you know as possibly the you know the last you know ever ring of honor champion i'm i'm anxious to see what this is all about because much like you we really don't know too much about what to expect i was like just we just know our some of the talent but i don't necessarily think him showing up elsewhere is off the table as evidenced by you know what we've seen i mean he can start this promotion and everything, but I mean, I think that he the the schedule he runs and just with the way wrestling is nowadays, we could see him show up in the NWA. We could see him show up on Impact. We could see him show up in AEW. Hell, he may go wrestle in New Japan or something. I mean, I, I definitely think that he could have this promotion and uh, I think show up elsewhere. I, I don't think it's off the table. And in fact, I hope it's not because I would love to see Gresham get, you know, I would love to see, I would, I think I would love to see him on AEW mainly because I think the world deserves to see how, just how good he really is. Uh, Joey K, what do you got to say about this? You know, um, I, I agree. I'll agree with you, DDJ. Cause um, I, to me, I don't think anything's off the table. Um, I think Gresham's very, very smart. He's very, very specific with what he's doing. Um, and I, I think what Terminus, you know, and I, I've read this, you know, I've read multiple people have said this too. It's not a, a new idea in any way. I think this is going to be more like a PWG style. It's going to be something on the East Coast. Um, they might do like, you know, pay-per-views on like, you know, Fight TV, things like that. $15 pay-per-view or whatever it would be, you know, like some of the GCW shows, you know, they're anywhere from like 12 to like 25, 30 bucks. Think it's something along those lines. I think it's a great showcase uh, in the in the essence of PWG or um, like Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, you know, like these. You know, you're getting a couple shows a year, um, and the fans will be there. They're going to pull in all the talent. I mean, look at who they've already pulled in. I'd be I'd be shocked if we didn't see uh, the rest of the foundation show up. I'd be shocked to not see, um, you know, Woods show up. I'm waiting for Brody King announcement, man. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I'll be shocked to not see guy, a lot of the guys from Ring of Honor. To be perfectly honest with you, if I don't see Brody or, you know, and of course th- there's other things. You know, these guys are booked for various shows. You know, and, and especially with the Ring of Honor talent, they've been booking themselves out because they got the notice from Ring of Honor. Which, hey, kudos to Ring of Honor for giving them a, a good enough notice too, as opposed mm-hmm. to some other companies who just you know terminate your contract and you're done. You have uh, you know 90 days sitting at home. But um, you know, I, I don't I don't think anything's off the table. And I think Gresham's smart enough to know that. And um, you know, I, I think well he's got the in and impact already. You know, his wife is his wife is one of their champs. Um, mm-hmm. that's one. Number two, uh, I know I or I would assume uh, and I believe this that him and Lethal are pretty close. So I'm sure you know he knew about Lethal getting the call, Lethal getting the deal with AEW, and I'd I'd be surprised if we don't see him on AEW TV sometime in the first quarter to second quarter of 2022. So I, I think it's all on the table, but I you know I'm I'm cheering for him. If is it gonna hey Jovan is it gonna be on like uh, like a fight TV or something like that where you can buy the show? Is it gonna be you know something like pay per view? I know ticket sales. Are I would assume cool. that it would be. I would think so too. Yeah, I'm checking here. Let me look at the event poster. Maybe it'll say because I can't, I can't make it to Atlanta, but I'll damn sure support anything Gresham does. So I'll probably be ordering it, and watching it at home here. 
Um, because I want to see what it's all about too. I really do. I'm excited. I think you're going to get some, you're going to get pure, you're going to get strong style, you're going to get a lot of the things that have been building up in Ring of Honor the past like two years. You're going to get a, you're going to get a good, good chunk of that stuff, and I'm all for it. So none of the stuff that I'm seeing here go. has anything that's saying on Fight TV or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's probably still in the works. Everything that's come out so far with everybody that signed is just saying modern age pro grappling, pro wrestling, yeah. but no actual affiliation to any kind of show. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, it's still, it's still early on. I mean, we right. still got December and they, they could announce that at any point, but, and I'm hopeful that they do. Cause I'd love to be able to watch that. I'll order that shit in a heartbeat. Right. Yeah. All right. So we got one more topic here and this one I think is going to, I think provide a lot of insightful commentary and uh, thoughts. Um, so going back to, uh, AEW dynamite this past week, uh, there was a big eight-man tag team match that was the main event. You had uh, uh, Andrade Alidolo, Malachi Black, and FTR going up against the Lucha Brothers, uh, Cody Rhodes, and uh, the Bastard Pack. And a couple of times during the match, uh, Cody want, took off his weight belt to throw it in the crowd, and the Wintrust Arena crowd doing their best Hammerstein ballroom 2006 ECW one night stand impersonation decided to toss the belt back. Um, I believe this happened a couple of times. And at one point Andrade got his hands on the belt and hit it when put it underneath the ring, which I, I popped for. But first off, if you get something like that thrown your way, don't be an idiot and throw it back. If you don't want it, go ahead and sell it on eBay. Get yourself some money or something. Cause there's somebody, I mean, I know for a fact, I caught that thing. That thing. I'm going. I'm going to uh, Michael's or Hobby Lobby the next day, and I'm looking for a case to put that bad boy in. But uh, basically, what we're boiling down to is just for the longest time, you know, Cody Rhodes has been, been at the center of controversy because when he came out and you know started AEW, he's like, "This is the revolution." You know, we talked about. Um, you know, he that he was possibly becoming the next Triple H because it seemed like he was always booking himself to go over to be look strong. But then, you know, we but we also talked about, you know, just the fact that it's just his it's his give. I mean, we all we all I think we're all fans of the work Cody Rhodes does. I don't think any of us here hate Cody Rhodes or you know want you know anything want any ill will brought on him and stuff. But it, with everything going on and stuff, it's. I mean, is it time? Does Cody need to uh, turn heel or retire? And uh, for me, he's still got a lot of time. I think I I I I feel like he's there's still some more that he wants to do out there. So I I don't want him. I'm not ready for him to retire. Obviously, if he does, that's his opinion. That's what he wants to do. I respect it, but I feel like. Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes right now is where Hulk Hogan was back in uh, 1996. And at the point where the, the Hogan character back then was at that time, it was stale. Let's, let's be real. He was kind of getting booed and people were tired of the saying in your prayers, taking your vitamins, you know, you know, all that stuff. What did he go out and do? He went out, turned heel. 
he went out and formed one of the uh, most important and greatest wrestling factions of all time in the NWO. I mean, a lot of people say that that was kind of really what kicked the Monday Night Wars into gear and kind of literally, basically unknowingly at the time, Hogan was the Hogan was basically the reason why the Monday Night Wars happened because had he not turned heel and joined the NWO, you know, the NWO probably doesn't enjoy the success that it does. And Hogan basically, I and I've said this before, not to you guys, but I know I've said this with other people I've talked wrestling. Hogan going heel and turn going to the NWO, it saved his career. It's it saved him, and I'll make no bones about it. And I really feel like Cody needs to turn heel because he's done everything that a babyface Cody can do right now. Not to say that he can't be babyface again, because certainly he can be babyface down the road. But you know what? Turn him heel. To have him go that same route, you know. All the work and all the blood, sweat, and tears and everything I've done for you. And this is how, you know, like he could he, he could do it easily. And I think he would have no problem drawing the heat. So for me, please don't retire, Cody Rhodes. Just try, just, 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 just join the dark side. It's pretty cool, as I believe Stewie said on uh, something, 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 dark side or something like that. One of those Family Guy Star Wars specials. All right, uh, uh, hot one. What about you? You're muted. No. So this is a question that I've thought with myself a lot about because I am a known Cody Mark. Okay. I am a Cody Rhodes fan. Number one to the guy that threw the belt back into the ring and almost hit Aubrey Edwards. You know, you're garbage. You, sir, are garbage. Anyways, back to Cody. I don't see and I don't understand how a man that we cheered from telling his story of being undesirable to unfucking deniable is all of a sudden enemy number one. How did we get here? Cody has been the same Cody from the beginning of AEW to where he is now. Good, bad, or indifferent, his character has never changed. He is the blue chipper. He is the second, you know generation superstar he is that guy who puts his work boots on just like everybody else i mean by god this is the son of the american dream and we're booing him this guy who's done nothing but brought wrestling to the masses in a way that started a revolution and they're booing him i mean i i don't see where the fans feel like they have the balls to dictate how a person's character should go. Oh, we're tired of this good Cody Rhodes. We're tired of the face Cody Rhodes. We don't believe it. He's Triple H reincarnate. Is he? Who has he buried so far? Who got that golden shovel treatment? Because the last time I checked, Darby Allen, TNT champion, successful little feud with Cody Rhodes, MJF, the future of the business. One of his greatest feuds was with Cody Rhodes. And we've already touched on how Cody Rhodes have brought in all these people in through the TNT title open mm -hmm. challenge and then continues to bring people in with a TNT open challenge because now Sammy G is carrying that over. And yet we still hate Cody Rhodes. Gentlemen, in my opinion, Cody Rhodes has done enough. Cody Rhodes has done exactly what he needed to. 
He has brought us to the mountain. Cody has given us the alternative. He has given us the wrestling that fans has clamored for for so long. Just for us to turn on him? Cody, it may be time to lace up those boots. Leave him in the ring. Because the fans won't appreciate what you were until you're gone. And fortunately, you're at that point now where you do have a family that's budding. You do have a baby girl at home. You have a beautiful wife. Go out there and enjoy them. Leave those boots in the ring because these fans don't deserve you. Cody Rose should retire instead of turning heel. It's not in his nature. I'll disagree with everything you just said. Respectfully. You know what, your mama, how about that? I'm just joking. Go ahead. <laughs> wow. No, she listens yeah, to the wait, show. She wait, will I'm, beat the shit out of you. I love you, Mama Premier. Hey, Premier. Yo, hey it wouldn't be the first time Jovan's had his ass beat by somebody's mom. Oh, shit. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? But uh, in in response to that, I'm kind of surprised it took us this long to get to uh, somebody throwing down a your, a your say, making a your mom comment or something. <laughs> I know, <laughs> shit. 14, 14 episodes. 14 episodes, man. It took a while. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, so here's here's what I'll disagree with. I'll disagree with um, the statement of the 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 comment you made about the fans. No, the fans do dictate that. You know, they dictated that we wanted another product other than what WWE was giving us when we got AEW. Uh, the fans dictated um, over the years a lot of, you know, heel turns or face turns. You know, uh, do I have to go back to WrestleMania 30? I mean, look at Brian Danielson. I mean, that was the fans. The yep. fans wanted him. So, yeah, the fans do have a, a good say in it. Um, outside of the one fan who did throw that belt back. Uh, that's, that's shit. Look, it's one thing to throw a t-shirt back. Cause you know, that's not really probably going to do any damage to anybody. It's going to be a funny spot, but you're throwing a leather belt with a metal buckle at people that aren't expecting that. Um, that's not cool. Same thing. Jump in the barricade. You know, I don't, I don't give a shit about, you know, what the reasoning is or, or, you know, you, you Dude, have, that's a, a fuck story. Had you, you got hear that whole story. I heard the whole story, but you, you know, <sighs> DDJ, you look so, like you don't know the story. Did you hear the whole story? I think DDJ's frozen. He might be frozen in thoughts. So he, we, we shocked frozen. him so bad, he's frozen yeah, in thoughts. Literally, literally, he just froze. Uh, no, you know, the, <laughs> and look, I get it. He got catfished. He got, you know, he obviously has some issues going on because if you really think Seth Rollins is like, hey, buddy, send me 200 bucks. Like, come on. Like, I, like there, there's obviously something going on there with him. Um, but. Even so, that gives nobody the right to jump the barricade and attack somebody like that. Right. Um, so I have no respect for anybody that does that. Whatever the issue or problem might have been, that same thing with throwing that, that kid, back. though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good, good on him. Rounded that corner and really put it in. But uh, you know, I, 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 I look. The fans do dictate. Is Cody hey, Rhodes' story? Real, over? Hey guys, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, I don't know if I think I lost uh, because. Yeah, you froze. No, oh, okay, I froze and stuff. Yeah, we we're okay. making fun of you for freezing. Well, then I was going to say, let's redo this like part. Thinking phase for a real but, good time. But no, we'll, we'll, I'll, 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 I'll let, it, let it ride. Yeah, we we'll, let, we'll let this one ride and stuff. And you can, you can, weren't making a stupid face, dude. You're good. You look like you were actually in. Thought. No, you, you were like, you were like this. You were like, mm, go on. Making a really good point. Mm, yeah. <laughs> very, very deep in yeah. thought. And like, we were talking to you, and I'm like, I think he's frozen. John's like, oh, I think he is. I was yeah, frozen by your your eloquent speech there. I okay. said Cody retired and it broke DDJ for a second. Jesus, yeah, he, he fucking glitched in the Matrix, dude. Like that was wild. Um, all right, so so back back to the point though. Um, I don't think 
Cody's story's not over till Cody says it's over. And I know he's publicly said he's only got a few more years left in him anyway. Um, and, and I think he wants to retire. I think he, he doesn't want to carry on, uh, especially the family he comes from. I mean, he's he's known this business his entire life, and he knows the guys who go well into their 40s, into their 50s in the ring. And uh, let's be let's be honest. I know there's some talent on AEW. I, I'll look at you know guys like Danielson. I'll look at guys like Punk that are in their 40s. But look at Billy Gunn. But I, Jesus Christ! Th- that's what I'm getting steroids. at. These are the exceptions. These are the exceptions steroids. to the rule. For every Billy Gunn, there's 200 other guys Mark that Galloway's. went way too way too long in their career right and it, it it it's i don't want to say it gets sad but it's like you, you're players. watching them you're watching them lose yeah. a step in the ring and and you know you don't want your legacy to go out like that so i think cody's been around long enough so he understands that um Don michaels but i would love to see you know sean still had it though sean still had dude it. Like, let's let's Sean's really fuck, fuck he, off with that uh, at the blood sean money pay-per-view not- that was yeah. horrible trash. In Australia, yeah, that it was, was Australia. A, it wasn't blood money. Oh, it was wh- Australia it was. It was horrible. And B, that was, was not Saudi all on Arabia. Sean. I thought it was Saudi Arabia. I Are you kidding me? Saudi. That was on Sean. No, it was that was Australia. DX in the in the in the uh, Brothers of Destruction. But hold on, Sean had to fucking carry that match because Hunter tore his peck like yeah. in the first like <laughs> it, he spit water and fucking tore his peck okay I'm, I'm so that was done now because I'm almost positive that was uh, that yeah, was probably I, dude that matchup sounds like Saudi Arabia who else wants to fucking right. see DX go against the brothers of destruction fucking, fucking Saudi Arabia si- fucking sidetracking you're sidetracking stop Sorry, go ahead okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Cody I know he's he, he probably does want to retire plus he has a baby at home like that changes you a lot too you want to be home especially when he's probably as well off as he is and can stay involved in the behind the scenes of the business. I, I we're I think we're talking in ring retirement. We're not talking retirement from the business. So as an in ring performer, I can understand that he doesn't want to put the wear and tear on his body. He wants to see his daughter grow up and potentially whatever other kids him and Brandy might have in the future. But um, you think he's well I, off, Joey K? What I do, I think he is. I think he's well off. Right. I think oh, I think I think I think Cody's doing real fucking good between, for himself. Between between AEW and with the. Uh, the, the go big show yeah he's he's good it's not what i was and talking cigar about company. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's confused ddj face yep. yeah i totally missed that so right ddj i'm just asking if you think that the american nightmare cody rhodes needs blue chew the unofficial official sponsor of shooting shit when your shit doesn't shoot right get the thing that can make it shoot like a brand new gun again that is blue chew chew it and do it you know what? To answer that question, I, I I I don't think he needs blue chew right now. I think he's doing just fine on his own. Oh yeah, I think I think I think he's doing all right in that area. Now, the other the other side of that coin though is the heel turn, and this is where I think it's I think it'd be refreshing. I think it's it's something that's not in his and, and let's be real, we already talked about that that Hogan turn, the absolute definition of a baby face wrestler going to the most reviled outsiders group invasion angle like the ultimate heel turn was hogan joining the nwl i mean i i think we could probably all probably that's up on the list right there right gentlemen so i have an idea oh here we go holy shit it just came to me actually like when you were saying that dude what if cody rhodes brings in the bullet club 
See, and that's and this is where I was going with the possibilities of a heel turn. I didn't have that on my list. I love that on the list, but the whole you got the nightmare family, you got this whole whole thing. You have so many options, but that one right there, oh my god! Like, can you can you think of a better heel turn where you know Cody's doing his thing, everybody's kind of like against him, and he's like, you know what? I got some friends. I got some friends that'll back me up. And all of a sudden, you see the Bullet Club come out, and it's full on New Japan Bullet Club invasion. And Cody goes back to the Bullet Club, you know, for, for whatever purposes. I wouldn't say they fully go back, but for story purposes like this, oh my God. So you have potential, you have opportunity. And if this is the last run of Cody Rhodes, which, like I said, I'm only saying that because he has said that in interviews, he's only got a few more years left in ring. Why not go out? with a huge bang and then maybe you know a year or so come on come back for a one-off you bring bring the american nightmare cody Rhodes full-on fucking superhero regalia just out there to the ring and it's like okay like let, let's get one one last little face match of cody Rhodes. he rides off into the sunset and that's that um, I love it. I don't want to see him retire. I, I, I hate saying I want to see anybody retire because it does break my heart to think about a lot of that, especially some of the talent I already mentioned kind of getting to that point where I know Danielson, this is his last run. Uh, he's he's already last run that. as a full timer. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, it breaks my heart because, you know, I, I want to see these guys go forever, but you also know the age, the wear and tear. They have families at home. This ain't the eighties, man. We're not hanging and banging like you know, doing rails at the fucking local Hooters. Okay, like but it's, for Danielson, dude, he's doing some of the best work he has in his career right now. Yep. I think oh my his God, resurgence this is, is amazing. This is so Danielson in Ring of Honor was very young, still making his way. This is the mature version of that character, and I can't tell you how fucking all for it I am. Like that, I'm a hundred percent in. I love the heel turn. I love what he's doing in ring. But you know, it it does. It makes me sad to think that these guys, you know, there's limited time left. And I think that with Cody too. Um, I'd love just to see a, a, a heel turn, a heel run. You got some great story angles. I love that bullet club angle. That's that would be fucking absolute money. Um, and that's that's where I stand on it. I I, I think, you know, listen to the fans. Let's do the heel turn, but let's make it big. Big and epic. I mean, Hogan-esque NWO epic. Yep. That's that's what Bullet Club would be in that mm-hmm. scenario. And and the thing is, Cody Rhodes as a heel has worked in the past. I mean, you had the dashing Cody Rhodes, which I loved. And then you had the when he when Mysterio broke his nose and he had the mask on and he would have every, you know, the people come out and, and put the paper bags on there. It's like Cody Rhodes as a heel can work. Cody and the legacy run legacy yeah, yeah. Le- legacy, legacy run and then initially like in the bullet club like he like bullet club was still heel they might yeah, be he super over popular yeah he i mean any american that really comes in is mostly heel in japan is at that time it's changed a little bit more in recent and we times, also but. talk about look at his look at his ring of honor debut when mm-hmm. he beat when he wrestled jay lethal and he beat him what did he do afterwards? He kicked Lethal in the nuts, and the place went crazy. Yep. Yep. He wor- he works as and hey, real quick, DJ, just just to throw this out there, I like gimmick wise, when you talk about it, like in Kurt, well, it was currently happening the whole Stardust thing. 
I, it is what it is. But now looking back at it, holy shit. He bought into it. He went full on yep. absolute batshit crazy with it. And I'm all for it. I'm all for a Cody Heel run. Just and because he can, he thing, can pull it off. It's like you said right there with Stardust. When he commits to it, it'll be amazing because he'll commit to whatever he's committed to. Mm-hmm. But I think for him, he would want he would have to want to do the heel run. Yeah. I think when he tested the heel run in AEW, he came out with the jet black hair. They were calling him that bad guy from that freaking kid show, which, you know, he did look like that fool. I'm sorry, but I, I don't know. If you're gonna do a heel, don't don't just turn your hair black and wear a pocket watch because shit, that was the wrong move. <laughs> All right. So uh well, that just about wraps it up here. Another uh, awesome episode with a lot of great topics and discussion. Um, guys and gals, thank you for uh, listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. If there's something out there that you want us to shoot on uh, or everything, you know, you can see our, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see our socials. Uh, if you're uh uh, if you're uh, if you're not if you're listening to this uh, on a, an audio podcast platform, uh, the information how you can reach us will be in the show description. Please, 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 we got shirts available for sale. You know, go check out our Teespring store. The link will be in the episode description as well. Uh, gentlemen, any last thoughts before we call it a night here? Oh, I have some. I have some fucking last thoughts for you, DDJ. Oh God, here I we go. I have some last thoughts for you. Get the get the counter. Go ahead. The Pacific Island Playboy, the premier Joey K, is here to tell you. Don't look in the comments. I'm going to tell you flat out where to find me. Look me up on Twitter at Joe Coon, J O E K U H N. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. What you want to shoot on. Let me know you want to make fun of this goofball's toy collection behind him. I'm all for it. I'm with you. Let's tag team that shit. I don't care. <laughs> I'm about it, but side note, shameless plug here. This is where I'm going for. Hit me up on TikTok. My uh, my username <laughs> is at p a n d a p o p six six panda pop sixty six. If you want to hear behind the scenes stories, ridiculous stories about my life, I am starting a new series on there. The first one I shared with you guys yesterday. It's kind of already taken off a little bit for my very small was, following. It, and, and and let me just say. It was, I, it was it was something else. I'll just leave it at that. It was very good, guys. Y'all need to go listen and learn about our Joey K over there. It'll answer some questions. Childhood. It'll answer I've... some questions for y'all. <laughs> Should I give him a teaser? Should I give him a teaser? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, All give right. him a little bit. All right. So episode one. I threw up on TikTok, and here's how it goes. <clears throat> Go back in my childhood talking about my father and growing up. My father, my biological father, who I didn't know until I was five years old. Basically, this story is this. When he showed up and had me every other weekend, we'd go out and do all kinds of shit. This is how I got into pro wrestling. That's how I got into the music that I enjoy and listen to. And it's how I got into a lot of a lot of fun things that I still carry to this day. However, when he would drive me home, my father would always light up and smoke in the car because it was the 80s, so fuck it. When I got home, my mom would always ask me how things were, how my weekend was, especially in the beginning. And I was like, oh, it was great. We did all kinds of shit. We did this and that. I'm so hungry. And I would eat. I'd have dinner. I'd snack. And I'd pass the fuck out. So sometime around the age of 12 or 13, my buddies around the block are like, hey, they all had older brothers. I was the oldest in my family. So they all, hey, man, 
got some weed from my older brother. Let's uh let's go down in the train tracks and smoke. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm in. Let's go. Let's go try this shit. Uh rolled down there. They lit that shit up, and I was like, the fuck? I'm like, it smells like my fucking dad's house. It smells like his car. Oh fuck. My dad had been hotboxing me every fucking weekend I was there to get me blazed on my way home. So I always had a good weekend. It was never a fucking complaint, anything like that. This is how I grew up. Side note, this is not part of TikTok, but I will tell you this. So once I figured out what weed was, 12, 13 years old, as a teenager, now I knew I'd go to my dad's house and he would get a little more lax with everything because he knew I was getting older. I'm going to figure shit out on my own, whatever. He would start leaving things around the house. I'd see rolling papers out. I'd see his fucking tray out. And one day I was like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's his grinder. Okay. Okay. So now I'm thinking in my head, well, fuck, there's got to be weed in this house somewhere. So my dad would get lit. He'd get fucked, a little drinking, a little smoking, ready to pass out. He'd go crash for the night. And I'd be like, let me go hit that stash spot, steal a little nug or two out of there. And he'd wake up. The next day, I'd be like, do you, uh, do you take anything of mine? I'm like, no, never. I, I don't know what you're talking about. What the fuck are you talking about? I have no idea. Dude, I was stealing weed from my dad as a 15-year-old kid, like an asshole. And yeah. he was too fucked up to realize it. So that is a story, one story from my childhood. It's very funny. It's very comical. I kind of do it in a little bit funnier way than just explaining it that now. But uh, check it out. I'm on TikTok. I have a shitload more stories that are similar in nature about my fucked up childhood growing up. Uh, things and like wait to get to the virginity episode, my friend. Things, <laughs> Dude, my OK, full disclosure, my I have to be careful, though. And I was very I was a little <laughs> off about this one because my daughter follows me on tiktok oh no so <laughs> she's gonna hear some of the shit but you know like look in my house we've always been very open like like we all we have conversations i don't talk to her i've never talked to my daughter like a small child i always talk to her as like somebody who i can converse with as an adult and this is why she speaks the way she does now not rude or disrespectful but just very like she speaks a lot older than she actually is so and she has a very good understanding of it. She's a little she's a little bit more street smart than probably some of her friends and things like that. So I do have to be a little bit careful. Like for instance, she's not going to listen to the podcast. So one story I was going to think about was how um I was how do I put this? Violated by a dog while I was <laughs> in the middle of something else. Um okay, oh you let that dog lick and you go to town, goddammit. <laughs> so there's <laughs> stories like that. I might just save that shit for the podcast. You're going to ask me, like, Joe, what do you think of the Royal Rumble? Like, hey, this one time. No. Uh, so, like, there's there's things like that. I have a ton of stuff about growing up, ton of stuff about my childhood. Um, funny shit how uh, I've top three times, the all time I've ever seen my father angry was one time at a Red Lobster because I ordered spaghetti. And uh, that's a funny story, a real fucked up story, to be honest with you. Probably I should put a trigger warning out because some people would be like, wow, man, I had real abusive parents or fucked up childhood or something like that. I put a humorous spin on all of it because I'm still here. I'm alive. So fuck it. But uh, yeah. I do stand up comedy. And honestly, my type five, which in the comedy world, if anybody knows stand up, that's like your five minutes of gold. My type five is all about my family and oh, like. Yeah. My whole special that I have planned out, it's an hour and a half worth of good material. 
is called I'm too cheap for therapy. So dude, you know, I, totally I love that. It. I love that. I've been told so many times, go do stand up, go do stand up. Cause I have some funny stories and funny shit. And I, the way I put it out I, there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to warn you right now, Joey K. If, <laughs> if people come watch, listen to your stories on TikTok, and that causes a decline in our viewership on this show here, just <laughs> our, our shooters away. We'll be I don't open up. I don't know how anything else could cause a further decline in our viewers at this point. So what episode was that when we just gave everybody the finger basically in the IWC, if we got people still after that, we're doing good. Yeah. We're, uh, I think we'll be okay. But, um, uh, how my dad came in to my school with no underwear and his dick swinging around. Um, uh, my father, I clarify that it's my father. My dad is my stepdad. He's an awesome dude. Never did anything crazy like that to me. So, dude, my dad um, did something. This may be the first episode of shooting shit that we have to rate TVMA. Just hold yeah, on hold I on. mean, hold look, there's me, there's me and Joey K. We need to have like a dad off because my dad did something real similar because I pissed him <laughs> off. And my dad, he wasn't the abuser or the you know disciplinarian in the household. That was my mother. We already talked about how she took me to the SmackDown Hotel. But yeah. my dad was like the mental slash just I'm going to fucking embarrass the shit out of you. I disrespected my dad once. I talked back to him. He showed up at my high school in short shorts and a T-shirt tied in a freaking knot running around campus. Have y'all seen my son? Have you seen my son? I love him so much. The light of my life, the apple of my eye. Have you seen uh, him? That's <laughs> fucked up. That's to fucked this up. Day, some of my best friends think my dad is gay. You, wow, that's you, you know, classic. you know, I almost, I almost want to say I feel like that I have the most, I had the most normal dad out of all three of us. Probably, you probably did, yeah. dude. Yeah, probably did. You, yeah, your dad wasn't Puerto Rican, cheap, and you know, just fucking nuts. No, he was. My dad was a a, a blue collar, hardworking guy who worked, you know, to provide for his family, and I, dude. I, it's been two years and I still miss him just as much, man. I like, you know, this is actually, you know, pull the curtain back. That's actually one of the things we bonded over. You know, my father passed away, um, 2020. Um, and I know DDJ, you lost your dad. You said like almost two years now. Yeah. It was a uh, July 4th, 2019. Yeah. I mean, that's actually one of the first things you, you and I kind of bonded over. Yeah. You know, uh, and got closer, especially in our friendship and stuff like that, you know, and, you know, everything I've always heard about your dad is always like top shelf, man. Like, so, you know, I, 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 like when you say like, yeah, you probably had, yeah, you probably did. You probably did. Um, Like my stepdad, like my stepdad's awesome. He's probably up there on that level too. So, uh, but my actual father, goddamn, I'll tell you this real quick. Uh, That one Kevin Hart special where he was talking about his dad, his crackhead dad. Um, and Jovan, you okay down there? Jovan King. I don't know if he's okay, but he's muted again. Yeah, he's muted again, and oh, he left. And we lost him. So, uh, you know that the one spot he was talking about his dad and and showing up at school and you know no underwear, and I cried like I was in tears, and um, my ex wife at my wife at the time, my ex wife now she uh. She was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, you don't understand. That happened to me. 
same type of scenario. My father did that to me at my school and it was fucking traumatizing. And I was like laughing, but I just had tears coming down my face because I was like, I just relived fucking eighth grade all over again. Um, but it was hilarious. Now I look back and it's really funny and the stupid shit that's happened in my life. So, uh, follow me, hit me on TikTok. Um, you know, I've got a few hundred people already viewed it and are liking it and things like that. I'm like, wow, if you're liking this, man, you probably had a fucked up childhood too. So uh, I'll be sending more stories out like that. So if you guys are interested in some behind the scenes stuff about the premiere, about me, uh, check me out. Um, also, I have really cute kids. They're on there too. So you can check that out as well. <laughs> Shit, yeah, man, you've inspired me. <laughs> I'm, I want to start putting some of my jokes on there now. Do it. But let me ask you this before I go into my whole spiel on who I am, where you can find me, and etc. Joey K and I pretty much seem like we've had messed up or fun childhoods. DDJ said he had himself, you know, probably the good old normal style working family household. DDJ, did you believe in Santa Claus? Oh, trigger warning. Did you believe in Santa Claus, DDJ? Yes. Joey K? Uh, I did, yes. Okay, I was not allowed to believe in Santa Claus because my father was so cheap. If he bought something, he was going to get the credit for it. No Santa Claus didn't bring a dike. No Santa Claus didn't get the Xbox. I did it because I worked my 40 hours. So there you go. Slice of the pie. Uh man, when 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 we after we go off the air, because this is something that if I ever do something like this, I'm not putting it on this show. I'm a, there's gonna be another way people are gonna hear this story. But remind me to tell you how I found out that, you know, well, how, how I found out the truth about santa and i'll just leave it at that for you know all our youngsters out there that are oh this is gonna be good and if, if you're a youngster if you're under the age of uh 12 and you're listening to this show man where are your parents dude i yeah, just had to someone talk with you. my daughter this weekend oh no how'd that go <laughs> uh <laughs> it was okay for her because apparently she already knew last year <laughs> um but never never said anything didn't want to break your heart she didn't want to yeah i that's exactly her reason she's (laughs) like i didn't want to upset you and break your heart and i'm like fuck like like i mean like i have a really great uh, great kid like my my oldest daughter she's amazing but i like it made me uh, made me sad i'm like you hid this like since last year like we went through the whole thing last year and she's like "Mm mm-hmm she's like i didn't want to upset you she's like but i can't really pretend anymore this year and i'm like god damn (laughs) man i was like I'm like she she dropped that shit on me last Friday, like the day after Thanksgiving, and I was like, well, okay. So I had to talk with her because like her baby brother's here now, and I had to talk like a good talk with her about Santa and the, you know the the that she gets to be Santa now, and you mm-hmm. know, especially for her brother to keep that alive and stuff like that. And she's all for it. She's all aboard. So she's excited for it. But man, I was in my fucking feels for the rest of the day. I'll tell you that, man. She went back to her uh, to her mom's house for the weekend, and I was just like, "Shit!" Man, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, but still not prepared. I'm ready. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that little. Uh, oh, uh-oh. oh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you listen to the last twenty minutes of shooting shit, which is just us really just shooting shit on life, I am sorry. We love you. Please we don't leave us. You. Please don't leave us. Don't leave us. We're very needy people. <laughs> Thank you for sticking out with us, guys. You know it. I am Giovanni Tuhati, El Guapo Tuhati, the hot fucking one. Find me at Facebook under Javon Minacho, which is my given name. Hit me up at the DFW Chairman on Twitter, 
on PlayStation Network. Same fucking screen name because I'm a boss like that. Let us know what you it's like, what you didn't like. Come up with a different name. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. That's I, when I got the PlayStation, I couldn't think of anything, so I was like, "Hey, my Twitter handle," and it became my PSN name. So, anyways, thank you for peeling the curtain behind us. But guys, I am the original Shoot Talker Skywalker of the Shoot and Shit team. We all love you guys. Thank you for being here, DDJ. Take us home. Oh, thank you to the Johners once again, and thank you to Mail and Accounting and the boys in catering. DDJ, take us home. Oh man, this just yeah, what an episode, and you know, just. Follow, go check out uh, Joey K on uh, TikTok. Check, you know, check Javon out and all his platforms. Check me out as well, too. Who knows? Maybe I might follow suit and come up with some like little thing to do on TikTok and stuff. But, uh, dude, honestly, I hate to keep cutting and make this show like even longer. But honestly, there's a dude there that does TikTok wrestling tins where he asks 10 questions and it's like true or false or whatever the shit. You're the freaking six-star predicting and six-star trivia master that you should be doing that shit for wrestling TikTok, dude. Just putting up random-ass questions for people to try to beat you in fucking knowledge. Hmm. I like that. See there? I like that idea well, a lot. We'll have to maybe come up with something with that. But, uh, well, it's uh, it's get starting to get late. I know Joey K's got to get got to get to work here quite soon and i'm i'm about ready to hit the sack and stuff but uh i had we had we 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 like we always like to say we don't do this show for the rock we do it for our shooters and uh that's why we keep coming up guys again i've said it before and i'll say it again if there's a topic you would love to discuss love us to discuss please reach out to us on social media either facebook twitter wherever um you know, uh, sh- uh, just thank you so much for listening. I'm running out of things to say, so I'm just going to say, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Shooting Shit. forget to hit the like and subscribe button follow the show on twitter at s-h-o-o-t-i-n-s-h-t and thanks for listening